Praise the Lord. So we're going to the last the last part of of this series, Prayer of Faith. And let's read um, the scripture, 1 John 5, 14. 1 John 5, 14, which says, And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. I'll read it again. It says, 1 John 5, 14, And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. I sincerely hope that, you know, we've learned a few things during this prayer series, prayer of faith series. I also hope that, you know, we'll be able to put some of the things we learned into practice so that we can be able to derive wonderful results, desired results. First John 5.14 Because we, we see that James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of the righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So we need to know that all, the ultimate goal for this series is for you and I, you and me, to get this wonderful result. The other thing is that we need to know that when we pray to God, we should walk by faith and know that God is willing to do everything for who? For you. In addition, God will provide far exceedingly abundantly more than you can you can think or pray about. We need to understand that God wants to hear from you. He wants to speak to you. And when he speaks to you, you need to write it down whenever he speaks to you. Also put it in your mind. Put it in your heart. Have the vision clear. Have the understanding clear. Put it in your memory. Review it frequently and as frequently as possible because it serves as a reminder of the promises of God. I, I, I know why I'm saying this. And I'll repeat it. I'll say it again. I, I know why I'm saying this. It says, please write down what God has given you. Write it down. Whatever God has spoken to you about. We've talked about hearing from the Holy Spirit. Write it. Whatever the Holy Spirit speaks to you about, write it down. You know, put it in view. Hear it. Understand it. Put it in memory. If you, if you can't put it in memory, write it down. Paste it somewhere. So you can always remember it. Review it as frequently as possible. Because it's going to serve as a reminder. I'm telling you this because there was, there was something that the Lord told me. He told me not to do. And I didn't remember it until when I did it. And when I did it, and it's, it's, when I did it, what happened was, the Lord now reminded me, say, I told you don't do that thing. I told you don't do it. And the only, the unfortunate part is that I went and I did it because I didn't put it in view. But God is now reminding me and you 
God is now reminding you and I to do what? Put it in what? In view. That it will be a constant reminder. What has God told you that you're not putting in view? That you've forgotten about it? You know, the thing about it is, if you remember David, you know why David was able to defeat Goliath? was because he put the the, the, the he put the 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 defeat the the defeats that God had done for him how God helped him to defeat oh the lion and the bear he had it in memory he remembered it he remembered the victories he remembered those victories how how he defeated those people those 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 animals he, he had that victory in view. So because he had that victory in view, what happened? It gave him the ability, the momentum to do what? To defeat who? Goliath. So the thing about it is, when we have these things in view, are we even looking, looking, listening? When we have this thing in view, when we have this in view, what happened? We, it, it, it causes... It causes issues. <coughs> it causes issues if we don't have it in view. But when we have it in view, it, it serves as a what? A reminder. The other thing is that we need to know that the prayer is a process. We need to know that the processes occur either instantly, sometimes it goes over time, but sometimes it might take a while to come into fruition to come into the physical god has answered already in the spirit world but it takes time to come to materialize prayer is always answered when when we pray according to the will of god and we know what the will of god is the will of god is who is what is written in the bible that's his will so we need to come to we need to we need to also have a heart of what expectation we need to have a heart of expectation knowing that God will do what? Will hear. And he will not only hear, but do. That's a heart of expectation. Hello? It's not just hearing, but also doing. I'll give you an example. You know, we've heard about the Israelites. The Israelites, the bondage that that the Israelites faced in Egypt. You know, you look at Exodus 3, 7 to 10. Exodus 7, Exodus 3, 7 to 10. He says, Then the, the Lord told, told him, I have seen, I have certainly seen the operation, operation, oppression, sorry, oppression of, I'll read it again. Then, then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and surplus land. He says it's a land flowing with what milk and honey. 
the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amoranites, uh, Persesites, Hivites, uh, and Jebusites, and everybody lives. Say, look, the cry of the what? The the people of Israel has reached me, and now and says I have I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of what Egypt. Look at what we have to understand. This is God is saying, I've heard the cries of my people, and God had a plan. He brought. I, 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 for me, I, I, when you think about it, you have to you have to kind of picture it with me in the sense of the Israelites were praying, they were crying out. God created Moses, formed Moses. You remember the Bible says, I, I knew you in your mother's womb. He formed it for a purpose. And the purpose was what? To, to bring them out of what? Egypt. So God, God organized this thing so, so very well. So, but the thing about it is, can you imagine those Israelites who were crying for so long? In their mindset, maybe God is not doing anything. But God was doing something. He created Moses for that opportune time. And when the time came for them to leave, the Bible says that they, the Israelites, the Israelites, the Egyptians give, gave the Israelites what? Trinkless of gold and all these things. And they left. And you see the thing is, this is what it is. God always likes to intervene in our, in our matters if we bring him in. We have to bring him in. And as soon as we bring him in, a plan starts to erupt. <laughs> he starts to bring up a plan. He, he starts to design a plan. So that's the, that's the thing that we need to understand. Look at what um, Hebrew 10.37 says. Hebrew 10.37 for in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. Hebrew 10, 37. Habakkuk 2, 3. The vision awaits an appointed time. It testifies of the end and would not lie. Though it lingers, Wait for it, since it will surely what come and not delay. So you know, in, in our mind, we might think it's not going to happen, but God says, "Wait for it." That is critical. Wait for it. If we're able to wait for it, God will give us the strength. You tell God, you know, I'm waiting for it. He gives you the strength to wait. We need to know that when we start to pray, God is committed to answering your prayer. He's committed to answer it. Because why? He is faithful. He will always come what? True. He's always going to come true for you. So the key is that we need to have that at the back of our mind. That God will always come true for us. He will never fail. Those things have been, it has been, he's been going on for a long time. Yes, wonderful. He's been going on for a very long time. But God is saying to you now that 
wait for it. You prayed, you've cried. Wait for it. Wait for it. It will come. It will come to pass. Don't don't cry anymore. Wipe away your tears, tears. It will come to pass. If the if the what the Israel the Israelites prayed and cried out to the Lord, and God said to bring about Moses. For me, when I when I understood, it's like, whoa, really? Immediately we start crying, God did what? Brought what? Moses into the picture. Moses grew up to a stature that he was able to. I, I, look, at, look at the revelation also God gave me. Moses was in Pharaoh's house. He lived there. He knew them. Who else would they be able to for Pharaoh to even allow him to come in his presence. You don't understand God. God does something mar- mar- marvelous. He comes and he lived there. He knows the area. He knows there's familiarity already. Nobody comes to the presence of Pharaoh just like that. Nobody comes into, into the presence of Pharaoh unless you are close to Pharaoh. You have to know Pharaoh. But God did that, that made it possible. And what happened? In the end, what happened? They came out. And that's the God we serve. He starts a new thing. Sometimes what happens, we, we tend to get frustrated that why, why didn't this, why didn't, why didn't God, why didn't it just happen quickly enough? But you see, you see, you see the, the life of Moses, how he fled. Because what happened? The people did not recognize that he was God sent. They were not connected in the spirit. They were not connected. They didn't know the ways of God. All they just knew is to pray. We have a better covenant. We can be connected. We can know when God, you know, God always does talks to us. He always talks to us every single time to assure us it's okay. <laughs> I'm doing something. He, he tells you. Like now, he's telling you, it's okay. He's talking to you now to tell you, don't worry. Just wait for it. It's going to definitely come. Wipe away your tears. It's going to come. But you see, we're going to talk about four hindrances to prayer. Four hindrances to prayer. The first hindrance to prayer is that we're not we might are we praying according to the will of God? First hindrance is praying not according to the will of God. Praying, we need to pray what according to the will of God, and the will of God is what in the Bible. Is is explicit? Is 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 right there in the Bible? Look at what the John fifteen seven says. John 15, 7 says, John 15, 7 says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you. See what I mean? You need to, that words is what? The will of God. Remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So the key is that God is saying, you know, Luke in James says, Abide in me. If me and you are together, we are. We are constantly hanging out together. You know what 
makes me tick. So what happens? Is that's what God is saying? You come together with me, we we remain in him. The way we can remain in him is taking his words in us. Putting the words in us. And when we put his word in us, what happens? The Bible says, you can ask anything from me and I will give it to you. I, I I think about this like a father and a son or a daughter and a, a mother or a daughter and a father. If you're so close to your, your, your children, your children will want to be just be around you. And you know that whatever your child wants, what happens? You want to just give it. Because you know their character. You know the way they behave. You're so close to them. You know that you can trust them. So what happens? God is saying, come and come close to me. When you come close to me, take that word. Because that's the word that is going to be, is going to use, you're going to use for that situation. The word needs to be in our hearts and in view. We've talked about this before. The second hindrance is what? We always think God says no. I've heard so many, so many preachers say, God says no. Oh, but God says no. And it's, for me, it's devastating because what happens is that when things don't come to pass, we, we attribute it that God said no. When it doesn't come to pass as quickly as we think it's supposed to, we say God said no. So it means that that God that we're, we're depending on us is, is not very trustworthy. Sometimes he will say no. Sometimes he will say yes. You don't know when he's going to say no. You don't know when he's going to say yes. So in our mindset, and we, 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 could, we could dissect it this way. You know, when, when we need healing and you don't get it quick enough, We say God said no. But the Bible never said that. The Bible says what? I've healed you by the stripes of Jesus. All you just need to do is what? Hold on to the word. You know his will for you. Yes, like I said, the healing hasn't come to pass doesn't mean that it will not come to pass. God never said what? The problem is that it's us. We didn't have the expectation that it's going to happen. We didn't even think it's going to happen. Look at what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.20. 2 Corinthians 1.20. It says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our, our, through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascending to God for his glory. What the Bible is saying is this, the promises of God are what? Yes and amen, period. Period. If you use his promise while you're praying, is yes. When you don't use his promise while you're praying, then you're not sure. Then you're not sure again. There's no certainty. 
So the key here is we need to know that God always wants the best for you. You know, we always attribute it like, this is how I've heard people say, oh, if a child wants a BMW, will God give him a BMW at that age? So it means God will say no. I say no. I used this thing, this example last last week. My 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 friend Jude, a 10-year-old, 10 years old, Jude. I, I can never forget that boy Jude. His faith was so big at 10. That he says, Pastor, I want to be a pastor like I want to be a pastor like Pastor Chinedo. Then he says, So boy, what do you want to pray? What do you want us to pray for? He said, say, Brother Chuka. He calls me like fast. He said, Brother Chuka, all I want is for my family, everybody in my house to come to this church. And that's what the boy prayed at 10 years old. He didn't know what the Bible says. You know what the Bible says for that? For me and my household, we shall what? <laughs> he he didn't, if he knew that, he was, what he was saying was biblical. Completely what? Biblical. He didn't understand. All he's focused on is, this church is teaching the word. My life is what? Changing. I want my my, my siblings, my mom, to be part of this. And what happened? It wasn't two years. I'm telling you, it wasn't two years. Everybody, they're still there today. Jude has to be in, in his 20s now. Jude will be at least 20, 20, 22, 23 right now. At 13 years now, they're still in that church. So are you going to tell me? I'm telling you, if a child prays for a Lamborghini at five, wait for it. Wait for it. If that boy is still expecting that Lamborghini, well, I'm telling you, wait for it. When he gets to like 40-something years old, God will deliver it to him right there. Because God, yes, God doesn't know, God knows that he can't drive the Lamborghini now. But if the boy can wait for it, the boy, Jude was waiting for it. He was waiting for God to do it. That's why I say, what's your expectation like? Do you have an expectation? Do you, do you expect that God will do it? That's the key. Do you expect that God is going to heal you? For me, I always say, God, I'm expecting you that I'm going to heal. This thing, this, this I'm expecting, I'm still expecting you. I always remind God, I'm still expecting you. My healing. I'm still, you know, another thing that we sometimes we say, we tell people that, eh, but Paul was suffering from uh, some affliction. And God says, my, my grace is sufficient. Don't you understand what he means? He says, I've given you what? The word. Take the word. The word is his grace. He says, take the word. Believe my word. But we take that and say, oh, but Paul had affliction. God, God still never healed him. Who said that? <laughs> what the Lord said here. Says, Whenever you think that God will not do it, then we are expecting nothing. I repeat, this is what the Lord said in bold letters. Whenever we think that God will not do it, then we are expecting nothing. There's nothing to expect. You're not expecting anything. Why would God do something? You have because you asked. 
the, the how many how many did I say now? Two. The third thing is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will hinder your what? Your prayer. Mark eleven twenty five. Mark eleven twenty five says, "But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too." If you have grudge against somebody, go go and quickly what? Make peace. You don't want to have grudge against somebody. Make peace quick. It's not worth it. People offend us all the time, but the key is that this this is some somebody taught me this. Somebody said this to me that is very profound. He says, Do not allow the devil to steal your breakfast, your lunch. And your dinner. Do not allow him to do that. All you have to do is what? Forgive. Because when you forgive and walk in love, that is the key to success. Faith works with love. So if you're praying and you need to have faith, you also need to have love. That's the key. Look at what I'm saying here in Matthew 13, 58. Matthew 13, 58. I'm going to read it in the Berean, Berean Bible. You can read it in any translation. I'm just reading in different translation. Matthew 13, 58. It says, And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown and in his own household is a prophet without what? Honor. And he did not do many miracles there because of what? Unbelief. They were offended and what? I'm full of unbelief. There's a, there's, there's a, it comes in hand in hand. When you get offended, before you know it, because what happened? You've allowed the devil in. You've given him a what? A foothold into your life. And if you've given him a foothold into your life, what happens? You've given him what? Ability to do what? Come and, uh, You give him an ability. <coughs> Excuse me. You give him an ability to come and inter intercede in your your business. So what happens? Before you know it, you start to act funny, and you will not get anything from the Lord. Because the Bible says, "This is what it is." Go and forgive. And moreover, think about it. Why are we holding grudge against that person? Every time we ask God, forgive me, God forgives you. And meanwhile, now you're holding grudge against that person. And you're remembering what the person did to you. How bad the person is. 
how this one is. Question, do you want your prayers answered? That's my question. You have the ability to answer it for yourself. Do you, you want, you know, all of us pray a lot too. We can pray. Hey, we can pray. But one, we're not, some, of, some, of, some of the time we're not expecting it. And the other times, when God is about to do it, he said, forgive your brother. Forgive. Do you know, let me tell you something. Do you know what the Bible says? When you have hurt against your brother, you, what does the Bible say? You're a murderer. It's like you have murdered a person. Yeah. When you have hot, you know, hot in the back, that's Nuke in James. Nuke in James said, when you have hot from your body. So when you have hatred, grudge, offense is always offense. Oh, look, somebody will offend you. Maybe by just the person looking at you, you feel offended. Like, how, how come this person looking at me? Eh? This person looking at me like this. Eh? There's got to be a problem. Does the person see anything about me? Then before you know it, what hate will fill your heart. You know what is doing that? What's, what's happening there? The devil doesn't want God to deliver. So what does he do? He comes to hinder. I say that again. I never even thought about this. The devil doesn't want God to deliver. So that's what does he do? He comes to hinder. Because if he hinders, God doesn't deliver. And don't forget, he's the accuser of the brethren. He'll go and accuse you with God. He say, I, you are going to give this man this thing. Doesn't, don't you see that he has heart for this person? He's so critical of this other person. He's, he's so critical of this. He's always thinking how this person hates him. Meanwhile, you don't know. You don't know what's in the person's heart. The person might want to talk to you, don't, you know, that is afraid to talk to you. But because the person is looking at you, you might be thinking, why is this person before you know it? And that's what happened to 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 uh, to Jesus. They looked at him in disdain. Like, how is this man that I knew yesterday? I knew when he was small. When he was wearing diaper. And now he's coming to heal me. What kind of ridiculous thing is that? You know, let me tell you what happened to me. Please don't tell anybody this. What happened to me was, when we were in the other church, they asked me to, to teach the adult class. Sunday school adult class. And the adult class, I was the only, in my mind, I was the, I felt, you see, that's why your mind plays tricks on you. I felt I was the youngest there. Yeah, maybe I could have been the youngest in the adult class, teaching them. This is what I'm talking about as people that have been Christians for like 20-something years. I'm now teaching them in Sunday school. And I was like, I felt inferior. I felt these people are going to look down on me. You see why? Before you knew it, I'm telling you, grudge, offense was coming in, was creeping in. The Sunday school superintendent 
went and reported me to the senior pastor. The senior pastor now lined me up with other people that were teaching Sunday school. I said, look, oh, you need to teach Sunday school. There's somebody here that doesn't want to teach Sunday school. We're begging you to teach. Me, I was looking at somewhere else. I didn't bother myself. I looked away. I said, well, whatever she's done teaching is her business. I'm going to do whatever I have in my mind to do. What happened? This happened on, on a Sunday. On Tuesday, I was praying. And the Lord asked me a question. He says, are you doing Sunday school because of me? Or are you doing it because of you? He says, who's going to benefit? This next question he asked me. Who's going to now benefit from that Sunday school? Is it me? Or is it you? Ah, I say, God, now you know the answer now. Why are you asking me this question? It's a ridiculous answer. You know the answer. The answer is me. I'm going to benefit because you are going to be giving me more revelation about the word because what? I'm understanding, giving, understanding what you're going to teach your children and I'm understanding it now. You're showing into my life. And that's when I knew that, wow, I, I, I teach. When I teach, I know, you know, because God gives me, you give you that revelation and you go there and you teach it. And it's so amazing. People looked at me, first day of class, people says, man, somebody said to me, the first day of class is, you're going to be a pastor. The first day of class. The first day of class. He said, because the way you teach, you teach is so little. You know, you come down to by sizes. You come down to little grains, to basics, to un, to have a better understanding. The person is, the first day of class, me, I ignore the person, I say, stop that too. But what happened? This is exactly what happened. But check this out. Prior to that, I was what? I became offended. I was offended. That why are they, you know, me, young boy like me, Go, go and teach these, these, these old old people. As some people as even as old as my mom. They were inside that class. I said, how am I going to teach them? And there were people that didn't believe in God. That way. <laughs> so in my mind, I was like, why? Offense came. And when offense came, I was in trouble. Until God now spoke to me and said, that's why I said, you need to write this thing down. God said to me and I wrote it down. I now gave, I even told them, I told the, I went to the woman and I said, don't worry, I will do it. She said, ah, praise the Lord. I said, I know you've been praying for me. She said, she started to laugh. I said, it's okay. God has told me what I'm going to do. I will teach it. And I taught that class so well, God, by the grace of God, that people, I'm telling you, People just wanted to be in Pastor Chuk, uh, Brother Chuka's class because they felt, man, this guy brings this thing down. But it's God that gave me the revelation to do it. I didn't think I could, I had the ability within me. Do you know that you have the ability within you? All you just need to do is to activate it. All of us has the ability in us. God has deposited those abilities. All we just, all he just needs is just a little bit, just a little bit, Boom, you activate it. You know what it reminds me of? <clears throat> in Africa, you have this generator. 
that you, you know, in back home, we used to have this generator that you have to wind it. You have to wind it. It's not a push, it's not the lister generator that you push button and it will start. It's the one that you wind. You wind it and wind it. And when it comes, you, you, be, you, you just have to remove it and remove the, 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 the lever. All God is looking for is somebody that you allow him to do what? To wind you, to activate you, to start you up, to jumpstart you. That's what God is looking for. Praise the Lord. No, I don't know why I went over there, but we understand. Now, the, the other one we said is, how many did I read now? The hindrance is three. Now, the fourth one is unbelief. Unbelief will do what? Will hinder you from getting what you have been asking for. Mark eleven twenty four says, therefore, Mark eleven twenty four says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it is what? It is yours. We need to know that unbelief hinders the answers to prayers. What happened with those those the the people from Jesus's hometown? He hindered their answer. Look at it now. He says, and he did not do many miracles there because of what unbelief. Unbelief hinders your answer to prayer. Worry hinders your answer to prayer. We. We are asked not to worry because God worry will not give us what we want. We worry about every every everything, slightest thing. The Lord said to me, He says, Your your son, have you put your son into my hands? Have you put your son into my hands? You're trying to do it your own power. But roll it into my hands. And I will teach you how to do it. But we worry about, oh, David, what to worry about? No, God said, leave this man alone. He's my child too. You're just a custodian of him. Say, don't worry about him. But every minute you worry, oh man, what is he going to do? Is he going to fall? Is he going to break his head? Man, leave him alone. God will, when he falls, God will put a cushion for him to land on. That's basically it. Praise, peace of mind. Rest brings you, bring, brings us to a place that we know that God will do what he says. It brings us to that place. We need to have an understanding that God is faithful at all times. He needs to know that, look, we need to, I need to hammer this, that God is always what? Faithful. He's always faithful. Hallelujah. He's always faithful. Look, you know, we just I just finished talking about hindrances, but ultimately, we need to, we need to fight the what? The good fight of faith. This should be our ultimate direction as for every Christian. Not even only in prayer. Boy, fight the good fight of it. First Timothy six twelve says, "Fight the good fight of of true faith, holding tightly to to the what eternal life 
to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. What's the eternal life? Hold on to the promises of God and don't leave it. Don't leave it alone. Don't drop it. Hold on to it. Fight the good fight of it. Hold it. Stay with it. Do not let go. Even if the devil comes and slaps you, it's okay. Tell him he's, he's lost the battle. Hold on to it. Do not let go. Know that what God has promised, he will forever come, make it come to pass. Do you know that, look, this God is so merciful. God gave me a revelation about the church. I spoke it out. I wrote it down. It was, it happened last year. I wrote it down. I remember writing it down. From time to time when I'm praying, I go and check all the things I've written down and I start to thank God for it. And I remembered it wasn't sometime this year somebody called me and says, you know, I have, I have a message for you. I, sometimes, for me, I'm very wary of people saying I have a message for you. Sometimes I take you to the grain of uh, salt if God hasn't told me the message. So I like, I like to hear. I'll hear, you know. So the person now said to me that God told me to tell you and the person revealed everything that was written down. I, I was like, like I said, I normally don't, but this time I had to talk. I said, you know what? God really told you that because he did what he told me to. He told me the same thing last year. That's why I said to you, when you write, God is the God that, he, when he starts his plan, he always reveals it to you. He always tells you what is going on. Just to do what? To encourage you to say, I'm not, you don't think I'm sleeping. No. Think my, see, the Bible says he, he does not sleep, no slumber. You don't think I'm sleeping. Don't think I won't reveal it to you. I will reveal it to you to do what? To encourage you. To keep going. That's why we need to go out. Good, the good fight of faith is holding on to that promise. Holding to what, to what God has spoken to you about. Holding on to it. Knowing that, hey, this thing will come to pass no matter what. It might take a long time. Or it might take a short time. Some people will get things right away. But there are some things. Look, the things that, that God treasures, sometimes God has to put it together. Look at these Israelites coming out of Egypt. It wasn't a small thing. It was a big thing. Look, they still talk about it to what? Till tomorrow in the Bible. It means that what God is doing in your life and it's taking a long time. Look, that's the thing that you, when you see it, ah, you say this God is too much. I'm telling you, it takes a while because God is preparing it. Let me tell you something. You can't eat I don't know what soup, like a goosey soup. Or, you know, you want to cook nice uh, Thanksgiving dinner food. It takes you, the turkey, you need to prepare it days in advance. Then the food, 
if you want biscuits, you want all these things. It, you have to, it's a preparation. You have to prepare it. You have to go to the store long time ago. You'll be thinking, okay, I'm going to I'm going to buy turkey. When is the best time to buy the turkey? When all this preparation for what? November 25. <laughs> but meanwhile, you haven't you haven't been thinking about you have been thinking about it since September. How I'm what I'm going to do in November. How I'm going to prepare this. How many people are going to come? What should I bring? Should I make sure I have water? Make sure I have uh, soda? Make sure I have juice? Make, oh, these are many kids. Because why? It's a big thing that you're doing. God is telling you that when even if when it takes a while, it's a big thing that I'm doing. It's a big thing that I'm doing. You might not understand it, but just what? Wait. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. Like I'm my hand is fisted tight. Hold on to it. That I fight that good fight of faith. Do not let go. Because the devil wants you to do what? To let go. We need to do this because we have an enemy of our soul who doesn't want you and I to do well. He doesn't want it to happen. He wants you to be weary. He wants you disappointed. He wants you to give in and give up. Do you know what a boxer I watched one, one boxing fight. I think it was Tyson. They knocked this guy down three times. Tyson. He came up and defeated the guy. Why? In his mind, he's already, he's programmed his psyche. He's programmed his mind that, look, I'm going to win this. this. I'm going to win this. No matter what, I'm going to do what? I'm going to win it. We need to know this. That God has already won the race for us. We are more than what conquerors. We are victorious. You need to know that you are already a victor. You're, you're a victor, not a victim. You have you've defeated the world. You defeated it. When you know that, look at look at what. If you're if you're going to the Olympics. And they give you a gold medal, already. It means you're going there. You you have this tenacity, this boldness. That man, who are these people? I'm gonna clear you away because what? You have the victory. God has given you a what? A gold medal, telling that even though you walk through the valley or shadow of death, do not fear no evil because the, thou are with you. He's always with you. You're more than victorious. You're more than conqueror. Look at what, I'll just close with this. I'll close with this. It says, Romans 8, 35 to 37. Are we there so that we can read it very quickly? Romans 8, 35 to 37. It says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death. As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are slaughtered like sheep. Look at what he then says, 37. He says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. We have overwhelming victory. When we are going through these, these problems, victory is ours. 
We need to have an understanding that we have the victory. We have the victory. It might tally, you might, it might, it might take a while, but you have the victory. The victory is right there. He says, do not, do not give up. You have the victory. You have the victory. We are always victors, not victims. If you have, if you know that you're always victorious, then you're you are on the way to what? Success. Knowing this is the best thing that will ever happen to any Christian. You need to know that you're you're vic, you're you're a victorious person. Don't look downcasted, downcast. You should be downcast for what? You have vic, your victory is yours already. Jesus has won the battle for us. So we're just going through this. We're going through it because at the end, there's what? There's a medal at the end. The result is at the end. Problem is that we're, we're, like I said, there's so much noise. We're not listening anymore. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, social media, news, CNN, Fox, all of them, they, they looking for ratings. Oh, we are so consumed in it. Do you know, there was one time that I knew somebody that was going through, he had, he had cancer of the brain at work. He's not, he wasn't at work, he was my a colleague, a colleague of mine, his, the, the, the brother had brain cancer. Do you know, the devil is wicked though. Do you know that throughout that week, they were talking about brain cancer. How brain cancer kills people. I had to switch it off. I had to switch it off. It's amazing. Do you know, let, let, let me give you a, 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 a quick example. There was one time we were going to, we were walking, my colleagues and I were walking around the campus. And one of our colleagues was telling me telling us about this girl, this Muslim girl, that, you know, she went to Pakistan and came back. And she went to hospital. And she couldn't talk anymore. She was paralyzed to the whole from her whole body for days, weeks. So, so somebody now said, from the midst of the, our company, says, there was like, this they are, they are the tail end. They're about to do what? Pull, pull life support from her. Pull the life support out. The tube. And one of the colleagues says, maybe they should do it if they have tried their best. So this me and this other guy, we were walking and we slowed down. And this guy whispered to me, says, the reason why this man is saying is because he's not his daughter. Because if his daughter, he wouldn't be saying all these things. I say, you're right, it's true. So we went around, came back. I talked to my wife. When we came back home, I talked to her. We prayed that night that God will, will preserve her God will, she, she will live and not die. To the glory of God, she will live. She's a Muslim girl, but we are praying for her that she will come to know who Christ is. We prayed for her, we prayed, we left it alone. Like I said to you, the, the beautiful, the ones that when we pray and leave it alone, that's the one that God answers even quicker. We prayed and left it alone. We had peace that God did it. Three months later, two months later, 
I see this person that is that told us the story. I saw him in the bathroom. I said, so, hey, dude. I always call everybody dude. If I don't know your names, I call him dude. But I know the guy's name. So I said, dude, so what happened to the girl? He said, you know the girl is eating now. Yeah. Eating now. She's out of the hospital. Because the hospital left her, told her to go home to the parents and go and die in the parents. You know, she's what? She's eating now. She's she's a, she's saying she's alive and well. She has gained weight. She's 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 doing all. She's she's doing so well. She's like a, she's now like a good thirteen year old girl. You know what I said? I said to I just I just blotted. I said to God, be the glory. I said thank God. The guy is Muslim. The guy said yeah, thank God. I, I said, but that's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. He wants the best for us. When we pray, he will do it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My prayer is that we would take all that we have learned during this series and put it into action. And for God to actually Perfect all that concerns us. Praise the Lord. Like I always like to tell people, if you don't know Jesus, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all this we're just talking about is just going to go over your head. You won't understand it. You will pray and things won't be happening and you'll be wondering why. But you can come into the sheep, sheep fold you can come into the kingdom. And you can come in just like that. And the only way I say it's just like that, you just pray. And you have to believe in your heart. You have to believe that what you're praying is exactly it. You have to believe that God, really, Jesus, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to do what? To save us. To wipe away our sins. And because he wipes away our sins, we're able to come into his kingdom. It is that simple. Only thing we can do is to pray after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins. Thank you for wiping them away. I invite you into my heart and my life. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. You are now a child of God. When you, when you pray according to the word, he hears you and he grants you your request. My prayer is that you go and look for a good church that teaches the word and your life will never be the same again. Amen. God is faithful. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.